This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. Welcome. Of course, the big news of the of uh, the day that everybody's talking about is that huge BYU win over the number one team in the country. <laughs> How uh, did we get through the radio show? I don't know. Mention I don't know, but I had to rectify it. <laughs> had to rectify it. That was big. I will say, it I was, was uh, big. Man. I walked by a TV uh, that had had that game <laughs> on. I was not watching it, mm-hmm. uh, and there was about 15 seconds left in the game. They were up, say six. I was like, holy crap, All Pat is going to be insufferable on Monday. <laughs> All we're going to hear about is BYU yeah. being the greatest team ever. Yeah, uh, they, and they beat, I mean, at, what, they were 29-0? 29-0. It was at First home on, uh, on senior night as well? Yeah, for, and uh, for Gonzaga. Gonzaga's home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in Spokane. So that was a big, that was a big win. But, sure. you know, to be honest, I've expected that kind of thing from them all year and didn't get it. But, that, it's you know, they've had an okay season for as young a team as they are. Um they're 21 and 10 and uh, just beat the number one team in the country with they start three sophomores and two freshmen. So it's a young team. Oh, yeah, up and coming. Some promise ahead. Triple eight, seven, uh, but this year they'll probably wind up in the NIT. <laughs> which I will sucks. say, in this day and age in college basketball, three sophomores might be the oldest team in the, in the entire nation. <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> yeah, kidding. I mean, I, do they I mean, when that? you're talking Kentucky and Duke. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's like they say they all, they're all one, one and done, as they say. Uh, especially Kentucky. Kentucky's just ridiculous. But smart. They're just I, a farm team for, for the NBA. I like it, though, because they, they found <laughs> a way to essentially exploit the rules in a completely legal way and have embraced it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where I just like, I think that's just smart. Oh, what's his face at Kentucky sure yeah. has he embraced it. Everyone's like, one and done. How dare you? And, and, and normally, 
It's kind of like Trump. Like, normally they'd be like, one and done, no, um, uh, how dare you? And he'd be like, look, we're not one and done. We are encouraging the athletic achievement and academic achievement of all these kids. It's very important (laughs) to us. We swear. And he's just like, yeah, yeah, they're here for, I don't know, a few months and not even a year. Not even a year. One and done is wrong because they come here and they leave immediately after the basketball season. They don't finish the year. We don't even pretend they go to class. Yeah, right. (laughs) That's basically what he's doing. I kind of like it. It's like, at least he's honest. Most of them haven't even seen the campus. Yeah. So uh, just just am- right to amazing. the auditorium to yeah. play. I mean, that's it's it's, amazing. So I kind of I, I kind of do like the uh, honesty of that. But it's changed. I mean, that's why I have no use for college basketball anymore. I, mean, I, I don't watch it really at all. During the tournament, I'll flip it on here and there. But really, it's uh, yeah. But not everybody's like luster. that. Like BYU. I mean, they'll they'll stay. I, yeah, I, they'll stay. I, not very many guys have left. I can't remember. Maybe Jimmer left. Before his senior yeah, year, yeah, only after his junior year, right? Yeah, after his after his junior year, I think he did. But um, you know, I think most of them still stay because not everybody gets the top ten talent yeah. that Kentucky gets every year. I think was it last year or the year before Kentucky got the one, three, five, and eight uh, recruits in the nation. <laughs> wow, <laughs> it's like well. Okay. They're going to be pretty good. Even their freshman year, that's going to be a pretty good team. Uh, It's amazing, too, because there's the amount of people that actually go to the NBA. Like, they were talking about a couple of uh, the Mavs that made a trade uh, here in Dallas recently with with Philly, which they got, which looks like it's going to be two number two draft picks um, for a player. And the two number two draft picks, the analysis of that is almost never do number two draft picks actually become rotation players. Rotation players, like in the rotation. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah, like there's that few people that actually make a difference coming out wow. of college basketball that number two picks are essentially yeah, relatively worthless. Number two or second round? Second round. Second round, yeah. okay. They're just second round picks. Yeah. That's kind of incredible when you yeah, think that, about it. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, and it's, you know, so I guess it's, it's still, amazing. A lot of people are not coming out uh, after only fr- the freshman year. Yeah. Uh, but it, it does, it, you lose that star power, I think. that That's been lost out of college basketball. I, I think so, yeah. Yeah, it's too bad. Triple eight seven two seven Beck. Um, oh, one more thing on on basketball. Uh, Cleveland Cavalier star Kyrie Irving was at some <laughs> summit or there's some com- conference and they're t- talking about conspiracies, and he just all of a sudden blurted out. In fact, I don't know if that was even the subject, but he blurted out, uh, "The Earth is flat." And everybody looked at him like, "Wait, what?" And he he said he said it again. The Earth is flat. The Earth is flat. This is not even a conspiracy theory. The Earth is flat. It's right in front of our faces, I'm telling you. It's right in front of our faces. They lie to us. The Earth is flat. And he was serious. Serious. Yeah. I, I, weird. I mean, how can a guy in the NBA, in this day and age, you know he's had access to the Internet, to television, to newspapers, to photographs, perhaps, of a globe, uh, that have been taken from space and show a, I don't know, globe, not a flat disc like a CD. It's, a, it's an actual globe. I, I don't know how you get this theory and have it so set that well, you... I, you know, it may, I will say it made sense in the 1600s, in the 1700s. Even in the 1800s, I would say up until we started launching things into space, at least you could make the argument. Now, people would go around the globe, and once they started going around the globe and ending up on the other side, it was hard to, dispro- to say no. However, only a few people had done that. Yeah. Right? It wasn't super, not like everyone went around the globe all the time. So, like, you could convince, again, I, I'm not saying that 
you know, it should have been. We obviously know it's not true. However, like as a normal person, you know, working at a factory, you might say, well, it looks freaking flat to me. Everyone keeps saying it's round, but I don't see any proof of that. You could actually kind of understand. I mean, it sounds ridiculous, but like when you're, if you can't elevate to 30,000 feet, yeah. Right? Like, you know, when you're not flying through the air and you can see the curvature of the Earth, even from airplanes, like, this is not like you need to be in space for this. But, yeah, there's another point. A lot of people have flown, and from a certain distance, you can kind of see the curvature in the distance. I will say, uh, as of someone who's in the NBA, surely he hasn't taken a flight. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, big yeah that's a job. good point. Yeah, they just bus everywhere they go. Yeah, and I'm sure he's flo- playing at international tournaments. You know, really weird. Uh, really weird. But I mean, I you know, I, I don't know how you convince yourself of that. Yeah. In the 1600s, I can understand how you convince yes. yourself of that. Yes. In the 1700s, I mean, like if one yes. of our founding fathers was a flat earther, um, it would be weird because of the way you know, you know, it would be weird. But still, like you could almost understand with no way to i mean you know unless you go around the earth i mean you do hear mm-hmm. the stories but i mean what if you didn't believe the stories yeah what if you believed it was fake news yes and you might and you might, and you I mean, might. That's, that's what Kyrie is apparently all right triple eight seven two seven back uh trump says not he's he's not going to the white house uh press dinner which i love i think i think that's a great decision i hate that event yeah, it's stupid and it, it's it's agonizing. I will not be attending the White House Correspondents Association dinner this year. Please wish everyone well and have a great evening. The end. <laughs> I, I like way. that. Again, I like that. Donald Trump is not known for he, his way of handling these things gracefully. That's a great way of handling it. Because not only did he, was, he didn't even do like a dumb. I was surprised by that. Actually. Sad tweet or like, yeah. oh, the White House Correspondents dinner is a joke. Sad. Like, yeah, he is, didn't do that. Hey, hey, guys, have fun. I don't yeah. care. I'm not going to be part of it, but go have fun. I think that's great. Yeah. And, and I, I'll bet you the 2011 appearance by him at the yeah. dinner when he was just a businessman had a lot to do with it. Remember some of the footage when, of that night when they, were, uh, when they were joking on Donald? He was not happy. He was not, not happy. Not happy about yeah. it. I mean, and it, you know, it goes to uh, you know, the reporting that's been done on that is that's one of the motivations for him at running for president. He was so pissed off that he, not because he got insulted, but because he wasn't taken seriously that. by that crew. He wanted to be seen as a real power player, and he wasn't. I mean, people thought of him as a mm-hmm. joke as he was being a birther. No one believed he would actually run for president. Uh, and that, so he decided to prove them wrong by running and then Which eventually winning. Which he stinking did. Mm-hmm. To his credit. Um, meanwhile, Vanity Fair and The New Yorker uh, said they would not hold exclusive parties before or afterward. In addition, the cap, the casts of Veep, House of Cards, and Scandal all said they wouldn't be attending either. Now, they were not attending because Trump's the president, and they don't want any part of that. Um, and then Trump doesn't want any part of them, so he's not, maybe this will end this stupid event. Be nice. Be great. Should have been never started. I mean, you know, go back again. Glenn will be ranting on this tomorrow, I'm sure. I'm sure the he history will. of it. But Woodrow yeah. Wilson wanted to do it because he wanted the close relationship, which is the thing that we complain about today. He wanted that close relationship with the press, so they all were thought of as friends and co-workers rather than adversaries. Yeah. That's what Woodrow Wilson wanted. He didn't like the way it was being covered. And, and he got it, really. I mean, I don't know if that was the whole reason he got it, but he got it. We mentioned briefly on radio the last person to miss a White House press dinner was Ronald Reagan, and that was because he'd been shot. Mm-hmm. So, 
Uh, I mean, was he still in the hospital? Uh, he was recovering. I'm not sure so, if he was actually in the hospital, but he was recovering. Yeah, could have gone. I, so. I, I will say, Jodie Foster was impressed, though. That's what—that's the important part of the well. She and that. Hinckley got married afterwards. <laughs> I think uh, so. Yeah, they were, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, no, no, that didn't. Uh, that did not happen at all. It's amazing too. Uh, here's another. It's another patents do side trip. <laughs> uh, Hinckley was just released. Uh, yeah, a couple yeah. of months ago, right? Yeah, he, well, he'd been he's over the past out now, completely, yeah, completely. The number of the years, I think, he still has to report, uh, still has to check in. But for a number of years now, for several months, uh, he would be was able to go and stay with his mom or go away. Yeah, and be by himself for weeks at but a he time. Still had, yeah, yeah, and which, now was, which was bad enough. Right, he should right. never be never be allowed out yeah. ever. Come on, man, ever. It's ridiculous. He shot the president of the United States. Yeah, and this goes for Democrat, for Republican, anybody. Mortally wounded. I mean, he's he uh, seriously yeah. wounded uh, James Brady, mm-hmm. and a couple other guys. One of the, a Secret Service agent. Uh, uh, I mean, that was a serious, serious yes. incident. And Reagan, it, it wasn't reported very well at the time. They made it like, ah, he's an Iron Man. He was fine. He was near death mm-hmm. at the very beginning. That was a serious, serious shooting. Now, he recovered really well, uh, but it was touch and go there for a while. Yeah, and to me, I don't care if you think, well, he was insane back then and now he's sane. So what? Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, I think I mean, now I, that's part of the deal, too, is where they're, they're confident that he'll continue to take his meds and he'll be... Right, but uh, what if he, he doesn't? Ta- he's what? obviously shown he's capable. You know of where he can take those things. meds? In prison. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm not saying yeah. you might even put him in a in a minimum security, make it a little bit nicer. It doesn't right. need to be in the hole not the whole time. But just go home. No, not just go home, and not not even leave for the weekends. No, you want to have visitors, and he's been doing Five. that for years. For years, yeah. And not and just weekends, it the whole time. seventeen days at a time. Yeah, I totally it's, oppose that. It's been a pretty weird. It sure a, has. That's a weird event, and I I don't remember a similar instance. Where somebody has done something that serious and then been paroled like that or let go like that. Why? If, if it had been, say, Barack Obama who'd been shot, would his assailant be allowed out on weekends and two weeks at a time? I, I freaking hope not. No way. Never. No way. I mean, and, I, and you know what? What about when he's 80? <clears throat> Never. No. What about when he's 95? Never. Never. What about if he's 126 years old? Never. Period. You don't yeah. you shoot. A, a, I mean, again, you're shooting the president of the United States here. Yeah. Uh, no, never, ever, ever. Sorry, you lost your chance at yeah, polite society. I know. I, wow. Look how chance. restrictive we are. We are restricting that activity. <laughs> so sorry. Yeah, um, we really are, though. We really are. We're, restri- we're saying no to shooting presidents of the United States. This goes back to uh, when uh, George W. Bush was president. And they'd be like, oh, he's just invading Iraq because they wanted to come get his daddy. And you're like, do you know what you're saying right now? <laughs> what you're saying is a foreign president wanted to assassinate a former president of the United States. That's not just his daddy. That is an international, absolutely start a war incident. Now, that's not the basis of the war. No, but if, However, it, were, if it were, I'd be okay with it. That would be it. completely fine. <laughs> yes. if, if we were like, you know what, we, <coughs> so what? We tried to kill Vincente Fox. Yeah, they'd be pissed. Yes, yes they would be pissed. That's yes, not just a thing. It's not to say, oh, well, oh, he wants to kill his daddy. Is there a more, first of all, from a personal perspective, is there, is there a more... Um, central thing that you could do to piss off somebody than try to kill a member of their family. Again, no. let's bring it around to the Obamas. Mm-hmm. If Michelle became president and, 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 yeah. and ISIS went after Barack Obama, 
and we went to war against ISIS because of it. Wouldn't we be okay with that? Yep. Okay, you tried to kill a former president. Yeah, and that's, yeah, that's we're coming to get you now. Yes, and that was not his justification for the war. However, if it no. had been, it would be, be actually okay fairly legitimate. Yeah, Again, you'd have to have a high standard of proof, and you probably would try other things. I got it, but I mean that is absolutely. I mean, think about we always talk about the uh, what's his face from World War One, um, Archduke Ferdinand moment, mm-hmm. where, where an, a, a public official gets assassinated, and it starts a world war. Those things start, have started world wars for our entire gl- history as human beings. Mm-hmm. Those things start wars. Mm-hmm. You go and you, if you're you're Saddam Hussein and you try to kill George H W Bush, then yeah, you know what? There's an argument to say Barack Obama should send us to war for that. Forget about it being uh, you know part of um, a family uh, uh, part of the history. That just that just you know is a, is a messy complaint. But, I mean, in reality, uh, you know, that is, you try to kill leaders of other countries, yeah, Pretty you get a legitimate. war. It happens all the time. Pretty legitimate. Mm. Uh, 888-727-BECK, 888-727-BECK. All right. Uh, you know, a lot of weird things happen with um, phone carriers. Uh, most of them are super liberal. Most of them uh, are owned by people who believe in liberal and progressive causes. And then what they do is they take your money and use it to undermine your conservative beliefs. Now, that doesn't have to be the case because there's a great alternative now. Yeah, Patriot Mobile is that alternative. Patriot Mobile uh, offers, and, and we can't get into all the tech stuff with you, bore you to tears for one of many reasons. But, I mean, you're going to get all the stuff that you get from other, the other big uh, phone companies. Uh, all, all the nationwide talk and text with high-speed mm-hmm. 4G, LTE data at competitive prices. And honestly, they're better uh, than uh, every offer I've seen, at least. Uh, plus, they're going to donate 5% of your monthly bill to a conservative organization of your choice. Patriot Mobile even buys out your current contract. If you're still stuck in one of those two-year contracts, they'll pay up to $500 to get you out of it per, per line. And, yeah, you can keep your phone number, and you get great nationwide coverage, all while supporting conservative values that you believe in. Yeah, and that's a great example of it. I mean, a lot of phone companies are going to say they're going to buy you out of their contract. I've never seen one as high as $500. Not ever. I mean, that is, uh, that's a great offer. We'll pay up to $8.56 <laughs> to get you out of your contract. <laughs> oh, thank you. Also, they're going to add on to that as well, giving you a $35 activation fee with the promo code Pat and Stu. Got to use the promo code Pat and Stu to get that deal. So do it okay. at patriotmobile.com slash Pat and Stu. Hmm. Or call them at 1-800-A-PATRIOT. It's patriotmobile.com slash Pat and Stu or 1-800-A-PATRIOT. Hi, it's Pat and Stu. Triple eight seven two seven Beck. You know what? I've always felt like the conservative movement is Donald Trump. <laughs> really? Donald Trump is conservatism, and conservatism is Donald Trump. Amen. And I really? think that's been, wow, I mean, that's been proven. Mm. That's, oh, that's been proven over time. The subject of this particular story that you're seeing on screen is... And uh, there it is. And that's Politico, although it's from right Tim, Tim Alberto, who's, uh, well, the National Review is where I, I know him from. Oh. Um, but uh, he, this particular piece is in Politico. It's amazing to, to read, um, mm-hmm. because he's talking about his experience of being there. Um, first of all, an incident I did not hear about. Apparently, um, people handed out um, Russian flags two members uh, at CPAC with the word Trump over it. 
And the people at CPAC were actually waving them, thinking, not realizing they were Russian flags. It was a liberal group. They came in to prove what? how ridiculous uh, it, it was. It didn't last long. Oh, didn't my last long. Because uh, the organizers recognized it, not the people who were actually doing right. it. And again, like they thought, well, it said Trump, and it had red, it white, and blue on it. does show um, you what boneheads some of them are. Yes. Though. Not everyone, obviously. Not all of them. I mean, look, you know, I don't know. I think it's pretty bad. I would never... Would you ever wave a... Tra- look, Cruise. No. You ever wave a, cr- a flag no. with cruise no, on it? No. But I can understand, you know, if you're at an event like that and someone hands you well, a flag. Well, come on. If it's got a hammer and sickle on it, you're going to think, well, I'm, well not, no. I'm not doing that. And obviously, they just didn't even know the Russian <laughs> right. Federation flag, which is, you know. Okay. All right. Bad. So we go um, back to Pat's boneheads. Never mind. Right. Uh, <laughs> this is from Tim Alberta. To spend three days at this year's CPAC um, uh was to witness an ideology conforming to an individual rather than the other way around. Mm-hmm. What, a, what an, a, a great way of putting that. That's a great way to put it. And that's not that's good. That's really what happened. That is what happened, though. And, and to, give, to give you a, a moment of perspective on this, the reason why these stories are important to us, particularly in this audience, is to the extent that you will get good conservative things out of Donald Trump, it will be because people are holding him to a conservative standard. Mm-hmm. And... I think we have seen a lot of good things out of the administration. Some I don't agree with, some, some I do. But you constantly have to put pressure on Donald Trump from the right, or you might lose him. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And uh, so that's important. And it's important that we all kind of continue to, to go down these roads and, and revisit them, not because, as in the primary, where I thought there were better candidates. This is more to hold him to a standard that he continues to say what he said he would do, right? Um, things like the, you know, Gorsuch, for example, being the best example of, of the gr- good things that he's done so far. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's been others. Uh, you know, he's done, I think, a really good job with the EPA um, as he's made those appointments. Generally, he's done a good job with the cabinet, I think. Yeah, I think to the extent that, uh, like, you have... Tillerson, I have no problem with. Yeah, t- I, like, I was a little, I'm a little mixed on that one, and I want to see how it comes out, but I'm, I'm okay with it. Yeah. Um, you know, a, the, a lot of people like Mad Mattis, Mattis and, and, uh, and uh, McMaster, mm-hmm. which was obviously a secondary pick, and he's not in the cabinet, but uh, uh, Kelly. Really good, really good picks. You know, a lot of those were very sort of standard Republican picks, right? Yeah. People who are lean conservative but are not outlandishly Trumpian necessarily and not outlandishly libertarian or anything like that, um, where some of the EPA picks were, I think, a little bit better than that. Um, I, think, uh, I think Gorsuch is better than that. Gorsuch mm-hmm. is on the good side of what I would hope from a normal Republican. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, that, like if Ted Cruz picked Neil Gorsuch, I would not be surprised. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why we wanted Ted Cruz, because we were hoping he'd pick someone like Gorsuch. That's one of the reasons, at least. Um, so that's good. But you have to keep holding him to that standard. Um, I think that's fair. Um, so uh, they go through and talk about, and, and, and this is more of a CPAC, but Kellyanne Conway put it this way. Well, I think by tomorrow, CPAC will become TPAC, meaning Yeah, Trump. I saw that quote. That's a bad quote. I don't really know why bad. she would think. Really bad. They said they've been benching Kellyanne God, lately, uh, by the way. I don't know if that's true, but uh, that's been the th- because she's had a couple statements that have not. She virtually worships her everywhere, though, man. Mm. Uh, she's um, terrible. Uh, so uh, they said, uh, to some it, extent. It is hard to believe that Kellyanne Conway came from the uh, Cruz campaign. Yeah. That is mind boggling to me. That's mind boggling because. She doesn't seem to have any of those principles anymore. I mean, they just went all out the window now. CPAC should be TPAC now? Uh, what kind of comment is that? Mm. 
unreal. To some extent, everyone expected to see Trump remake the Republican Party in his image. His, his, he became his leader upon clinching their nomination. And that's not a surprise. But Trump yeah. was not supposed to bend conservatism to its will, at least not this quickly. Certainly, he has thrilled the GOP grassroots with certain decisions, such as signing executive orders aimed at deregulation, beginning a crackdown on illegal immigration, and nominating an originalist in Neil Gorsuch to the Supreme Court. But he's also done some other things, facilitating a deal with Carrier in Indiana, and that's just one example, um, that's smacked of crony capitalism, bullying private corpors, uh, corporations and individual citizens, declaring reporters the enemy of the American public, asserting an immoral equivalence between the U.S. government and Vladimir Putin's that would typically put you in any politician, really, in, in the crosshairs of the right. Trump, however, has encountered a scant dissent from his party's ideological base. So he came to CPAC not to pay homage to the traditions of conservatism, but to bask in the supremacy of his own movement, one that he and his allies believe will supplant the outdated orthodoxies peddled for decades by the very people who greeted him like a conquering hero on Friday morning. Um, can we go back to, uh, let, let me just give this unbelievable mm. uh, statement yeah. here. They announced, they announced the results of Trump's approval rating, which wouldn't be surprising. It was 86% at CPAC. Conservative Political Action Committee, mm-hmm. 86% approved, only 12% disapproved. Okay, that's, that's bad enough. But then on the question of whether Trump is, quote, realigning the conservative movement, unquote, 80% agreed, 15% disagreed. Mm. Both statistics were met with wild cheers inside the ballroom. Wild cheers that he's realigning the conservative movement. Wow. Yeah. I, uh, it's incredible. That's um, frightening. So that's the, frightening. And, and, and so they pitched the sort of Trump side of this as we're opening up the tent, as you put realigning. Realigning doesn't necessarily mean you're changing your principles. It might mean that you're teaming up with but certain people. But it kind of does with Trump. With, with Trump, it does. And so this is what, uh, how, what Tim Alberta writes. The push for uh, intellectual and ideological diversity is commendable save for the inconvenient reality that it was nowhere to be found. Over three days of speeches and panels and seminars, nary a negative word was directed at the president for his policies. Mm -hmm. Um, With the exception of a few uh, people handing out free market buttons, there was no pushback on the nationalist platform that not long ago wouldn't have been welcome in this very gathering. One year ago, CPAC attendees, the majority of whom supported either Ted Cruz or Marco Rubio, threatened a mass boycott of Trump's scheduled speech. He ultimately canceled his appearance. I'd forgotten but that's I just one too. year ago. That's right. And conservatives in attendance roared with approval whenever one of the speakers lambasted the man who, to their great dismay, has emerged as the presidential uh, frontrunner at that time. Last year we were, this is a quote, last year, uh, as Dominic Moore, University of North Carolina student, last year we were talking about a walkout if Trump showed up, and this year it's all Trump all the time. It's completely changed. Last year, the Make America Great Again hats were few and far between. Now they're everywhere. Last year, the speakers were attacking him, and now everyone's done a full 180. They're all on the bandwagon. Everything has changed. Few seem to think that that's a bad thing. In conversations with dozens of attendees, only a handful expressed qualms at Trump's uh, takeover of CPAC. Most of those were conservative political consultants who asked not to be quoted for this story. Um, I met several first-time attendees, such as Ohio student, uh, Ohio University student Johnny Paskey, who came explicitly to show their support for Trump and dismissed questions about the president's ideological mooring. I think he is fairly, a fairly liberal conservative. That's okay. I mean, it is okay to be that person. Um, it's just I always thought that's not what that event particularly uh, was about. Well, it says um, conservative political, political action. action. Committee. So that's not to say mm. that you uh, spit on anyone who's mm. not your version of 
uh, of conservative. No, but that's, I mean, but it's, it's not supposed what you, to be. It's not what you celebrate mm-hmm. as CPAC, right? You don't celebrate that. You don't celebrate the, liber, the liberalness of the conservative movement. Well, why not just be liberals then? I, I, why not just be the Democratic National Committee then? And meet as as such. Why why do we need CPAC if you want to make it liberal? Yeah, I, I mean, and this is what it makes sense. This to goes me. to this audience and and the show and and all of us. It's important. It's not important to oppose Trump reflexively on everything. And, and you know, and I, you know, obviously we were not fans during the primary. Um, and you know, there's a lot of things he does that I don't like. Uh, but you have to take these situations individually. We went on at length saying that the, the travel ban was not as horrific as people were saying. Or we said the same thing about the, uh, the transgendered policies. We praised him for the Supreme Court pick. We praised many of his cabinet appointments, uh, appointments because they were actually good. But mm-hmm. it's important to hold that line when he crosses it. Listen to this last part. Um, this is uh, 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 at CPAC. It's unclear uh, what, what values are being represented. When I asked a, uh, a Marshall University student whether he thought Trump is conservative, he grinned, quote, I think Trump is redefining what it means to be conservative. Well, that means that the word doesn't, it's not, you don't redefine words. That's one of the things that mm-hmm. I thought we all agreed on. That, you know, when you say, when you're a white person and you identify as black, you're not, you're not black. And if you're a conservative and you're taking liberal positions, then you're not conservative. This shows that we're accepting all the standards set down by the progressive movement. Yeah. We're accepting them all. Uh, and that's well, where you kind of run into trouble. And that's where the question is, right? That's why we need people who are going to hold the line. That does not mean, mm-hmm. again, that you oppose uh, Trump because you mm-hmm. think that he had bad ideas, you know, 18 months ago. If he's doing a good job <laughs> now, that's how we're going to judge him. Yeah. Uh, but I just don't understand why, you but know, I wh- think why this, you need to do that. This is a brilliant, uh, it's a nicely written article. Yeah, it it's is. really good. You did and, a good job with it. and this paragraph is, uh, really sums it up to me. Uh, it wasn't just the ubiquitous deification of Trump that was so jarring. It was the degree to which his worldview was accepted, championed, and cheered by conservatives, conservative speakers and attendees with no obvious connection to the new president. Consistently, anti-trade rhetoric drew the loudest ovations, especially when packaged as part of a broader assault on globalism, a particular particular hobby horse of Bannon and the Breitbart crew. The conservative movement has just accepted Trump, Bannon, and Breitbart now as as the new standard for conservatism. And that's what's so amazing about this. Again, it's, it's the level and quickness that this has happened. But it's think free trade is the best example of this. You might not care about free trade. You might not care. I mean, a lot of, it's not, it has not been the top uh, issue for some time. Right. Um, you know, it's not been the hot button issue. Because it hasn't needed to be. You know why? It was decided. That's yeah. why. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was uh, settled science, as it were, as much as that could possibly be done in politics, yeah. to the point of liberals were having to embrace it. Like, they, it was mm-hmm. so obvious free trade was this better was than issue. economic we nationalism. Won. Yes. We, we won. won it, and we won it by such a large margin that the other side was coming to the point where they had to agree with it. And now, in one year, we've completely reversed course on it because of one person. I mean, that is, I mean, and you, and you think like, well, wait a minute, that's, that's uh, we, maybe they were right. Maybe they had some good arguments. Well, think of it this way. The same thing has happened with Russia. 
where we, mm-hmm. as conservatives, as Republicans, were, you know, 90 to 10 thinking Russia was dangerous. Now it's flip-flop to like 60-40, thinking that they're not dangerous. Mm-hmm. They didn't do anything to deserve that change. Same with Julian Assange. Yeah, Julian Assange. It was was terrible, and now he's great. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, that amazing. Th- that shows people are basing this on nothing, mm-hmm. and that's what should be scary. Because you is. know, forget it. Maybe Trump's right on all this stuff. Maybe free trade is. T- I mean, look, it's not true. But let's let's just say he is for a moment. That free trade is terrible, and we should have giant tariffs, and all the things that Trump has said that disagree with conservatism are all right. It's still pathetic as a society, as a party, as a movement to change your opinions on those things that quickly over nothing, mm-hmm. even if he's right on all of it. You have to take a st- You can't change that quickly a fundamental principle of your movement mm-hmm. within a year because one guy who you— basically banned last year, is now back and is the hero. It's great that he won. It's great to be excited that he won. It's great to take solace to the things that he's done that are right. But to just reflexively embrace everything, everything no this matter guy what. stands for it's crazy. because he won an election shows you have no principle at all. And I don't know. That's not. I mean, that's not what I want to be. Part and again, of. I thought we were better than that. On I thought this side I did. Of the think aisle. I gotta say, I, really I, did. I, and we're not. I thought so. We're not. I, I thought we were, and we're not. Clearly. Uh, you know what you can do though? You can take a positive step toward being self-reliant. Just rely on yourself. You don't have to worry about the government. Are they going to show up? Are they going to be here? If there's a catastrophe, if there's if there's a problem, if there's a a weather disaster, yeah. whatever, you can take care of this on your own. Yep. Uh, how about food? Yeah, you might need that if there's an emergency. You might need something. Uh, it's called sustenance. Uh, people uh, generally like, seem to like it, I've noticed. Yeah, but where would I get um, it? Well, I you mean, go there's... to my Patriot Supply. Oh. Wow, you seem to have an answer. Yeah, I have an answer for everything. Right that. away. $99 wow. plus free shipping will get you four weeks of uh, easy-to-prepare food. And that's important. Like, if you're in a real... Uh, if you're in a real crisis, mm-hmm. uh, you're not going to be wanting making, you know, seven-course meals. Now, Jeffy will, of course, just put seven of the bags from my Patriot Supply in one big pot. Is that what you're supposed to do? No, you're supposed to eat one at a time. Is that what you're supposed to do? <laughs> but, I mean, <laughs> you might not be into fancy cooking times. Um, yeah. But you want something that's easy to prepare that can you still get the good taste out of it. And that's my Patriot Supply. And $99 for four Talk weeks. Talk about easy. That. Add water. That. Bing! Yep. It's great. It's awesome. So call them today. 888-411-5290, 888-411-5290, or just go to preparewiththeblaze.com. That's preparewiththeblaze.com. Hi, welcome. Triple Eight Seven Two Seven back. Good to see you. You also, Stu. Thank you. Not you, Jeffy. But I'm right here. I mean, why you could see yeah, me? I know. I don't like you. What I do now? You don't have to do anything, yeah, I mean, really. You you'd have be, to. You'd have you to know? do something to reverse the effects, which mm. you have not done. Uh, you give me an example. No, well, like maybe if you cured cancer, for example, that would be a, a first step on the road to recovery for what you've done. <laughs> really? Yeah, cured <laughs> cancer. That seems like kind of a big AIDS, deal. Hepatitis, SIDS. Uh, mm. Start with those, mm. and then maybe we can have a conversation about you. I mean, I'm not going to like you at that point, but maybe. Well, about curing hepatitis, man, that, that stuff. <laughs> well, you can't. Yeah, but that's just because the chlamydia is killing it. Um, I don't think that's a good solution. 
brain. Again, Jeffy has so many uh, uh, sexually transmitted diseases battling inside of his body uh, that uh, he has no symptoms. The only way he stays alive is the constant stalemate mm-hmm. between all of them. Which, mm-hmm. thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah, it works out well for him. So, triple eight seven two seven back. Let's see. Apparently, the Trump Israeli envoy pick. I love this. Mm. This is a is big uh, controversial. Yeah, it's a big. Uh, they did a big gotcha story on CNN. Yeah, they, they found some. They found some pretty. Found an outrageous, outrageous comment. things. He said, "I gotta say it. I gotta say it's, this is outrageous. If you're if you're around your children, there's Covering nothing their offensive ears. here. I just don't want them to hear this point of view. Cover their okay? ears. It's nothing offensive. Go to a safe zone mm. now. This is an article. Uh, he or, uh, an interview he did on Your Voice Radio in November. I love your voice I, radio. Every once in a while, so I hear good. these things, and I'm like, "Who? how are we not getting guests when we want them? Like, <laughs> right? <laughs> no. Come on. Like, the, Thank you. Man, the Trump pick for Israeli ambassador. We can't get him on. He definitely wouldn't come on But your now. voice radio? What is your voice radio? I don't even know what that is. All right, whatever. Um, the platform, this is his quote. Uh, his name is uh, Friedman, right? David Friedman? Yeah. The platform rejects the notion that Israel, this is what he's talking about, uh, He's uh, discussing changes made to the 2016 platform. Mm-hmm. He says, The platform rejects the notion that Israel is an occupier with regard to Judea and Samaria. No other president or presidential candidate has ever said that, and that's important because when the Israelis and the Palestinians sit down, if they ever do, if they're able to find common ground, it has to be on the basis that both sides have competing rights to this land and that somehow those rights are going to be compromised in a way that respects mutual claims to a sovereignty. While the Obama administration, or what the Obama administration, and frankly the Bush administration as well, have said in the past is that the land is held by Israel against international law. Now, I'm a lawyer. I've looked at this issue, as have many others. That's far from certain. Let's be clear about this. The West Bank was captured by Israel from Jordan in a defensive war, and the Jordanians have renounced any claim to that land. The idea that somehow Israel is occupying land from a prior nation when the prior nation doesn't want it back, I think is a terrible misstatement of the law. For some reason, Bush, Obama, Clinton, and others have all clung to this uh, erroneous viewpoint. Uh, yeah. Not to mention, it was Israel's long before that anyway. Yes, and why it's called Judea. Um, Yeah. There's a reason. Yeah, Judah, from Judah. Yes. Kind of associated with, I don't know, Israel... Not the Palestinians. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, this is madness. And for him to say Israel has as much right, if not a much greater right, to the West Bank than the Palestinians, to say that that's an outrageous statement and that's a gotcha moment and the guy shouldn't be envoy to Israel because of it is madness. It's absolute lunacy. He's right. He's exactly right. Yeah. They have much more right to it than, than Palestinians. Palestinians have no right to it. Yeah. None. Now, the way you should look at this is, will Israel, in the, an effort to get the people from, you know, you know uh, no longer blowing up as quite as often or getting mm-hmm. missiles raining down on their homes, would they give up some of these areas, um, essentially to be nice, to stop the violence? And that's both, it's both of those things. You don't want to be one that's fearful of, uh, of saying, you know, essentially the terrorists win and because they're raining missiles down on us, we're going to give up. But that really is part of it. Yeah. Uh, and the other part of it is, okay, well, you know what, you can have that, you can have the land, and we want you to be a stable nation that's not going to be um, uh, constantly threatening their neighbors, so we would give you that status in this two-state solution, which, is, by the way, does not exist. There's not two states, there's one state. Um, but, you know, you, there's, this is the negotiation that's going on. 
But the way that they try to win that negotiation is to say that essentially Israel is occupying. Israel is, uh, is, is in someone else's land, which is true. Jordan isn't saying we want it to be Jordan. If they were saying that, you could say that maybe there's an argument about that territory. It's mm-hmm. not. It's a, it's a bunch of people who want their own area. That's fine. They can ask for it all they want. However, there's no reason uh, Israel has to give it to them other than they're trying to make everybody happy. And they think that that will help them in the long term. Um, some people in Israel have believed that and, and have pursued that two-state solution. Even Republican presidents have done that. And for the one millionth time, Jordan occupies twice as much so-called Palestinian territory mm-hmm. as does Israel. Twice as much. No one calls them occupiers. No one says Jordan is violating international law. No one. No. Nope. Because it's not, let's be honest about it, it's not about them. It's not. It's not about the land. It's not about them having suicide. It's about hating the Jews Jews and hating Israel. Wanting them to be dead. That's what it's about. That's what they want. They want them in the sea, not where they are. That's the issue here. This is the issue Mm -hmm. uh, with many uh, regimes against the Jews over the years. And uh, the same thing right now with the Palestinian state. I mean, look, you want to talk about scary numbers. Look at the numbers when it comes to, is terrorism okay against Israelis? It's not, hey, there's 10% that are terrorists. It's 70, 80, 90% of people that are Palestinian, in the Palestinian ter- territories that say these things. This is, these are scary, scary numbers um, because they do not see Jews as people, largely. No. Yeah, and that's the problem. You know, what, what, terrorism against what? You know, we, we didn't mind dropping nuclear bombs on the Bikini Islands when there was no one there because we didn't, we didn't see that there was a human presence. They don't see there's a human presence in Israel. And these are the same people, you know, Trump got all kinds of crap for saying that people were celebrating 9-11 in New Jersey, like hundreds of people, which it didn't happen. But, you know, a few people did because it was seen. However, in the Palestinian territories, they were dancing and celebrating and handing out candy in the streets. And there are news reports of that. I've always believed that's what Trump saw. And, and that's what I think he saw. Yeah, which is, yeah, I thought again, it was New Jersey. Would have been, it up somehow. And this is, a, you know, going back to the campaign, but it would have been a completely normal mistake for someone to make. Sure. Hey, I, you know what? It was, I was in the middle of a crazy time. I own a bunch of buildings in New York City. I mm-hmm. saw a news report. I thought it was the Palestinians. My bad. How, or, you know, I thought it was New Jersey. But, instead, and it was he actually, had to stick to instead it. Instead, he stuck to it, which was, yeah. and then everyone tried to re- retroactively justify his statements, which was, <laughs> what a pattern we're on with that, uh, yeah. which is kind of annoying. But still, uh, you know, look, these are not controversial statements. Not at all. They shouldn't be. If they are, yeah, I mean, that's, that shows a problem with the way the debate is set up, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that, you know, this is all true. These things are true. And to act as if they're not is denying reality. Um, you know? There's uh, a lot of that going on, though, right now. Yeah. More pet and stew coming up in a sec. Mm. You can't deny that reality either. You can try as you may. I mean, I would. I would you can, know? Can I deny it? No. Oh, no. I want to deny it, but you know why? Jeffy's segment's next. Oh, my. I mean, I oh don't want to do that. That's, oh, that's, my. God. It's the worst rated oh, segment in American history. Wow. Yeah, Is it yeah really? the worst. Is it? Yeah, finished last. Oh, come on with this Jeffy crap. We don't have to talk anymore. Sorry. That sounds like a lot of My mic was on. I I I wanted you to hear it, Jeffy, but I didn't want the audience to hear. But they did, so. How terrible I think your segment is. Go ahead. Mm. Go ahead. By the way, you're welcome. Jeffy? 
So far, it's off to a good start, though. Yeah, it is. All right, well, let's get started then. Let's uh, let's talk about uh, updating you on Facebook. Uh, soon, uh, Facebook will be rolling ads in the middle of your live videos uh, and other videos uh, as you're watching them. So hmm. get ready for that and enjoy that. Wait, explain that again. I don't understand. These ads are mini commercials that are going to run uh, after a video is played for 20 seconds. And, and these uh, are Facebook ads or the ads from the yes. publishers? Yeah. Uh, these are ads from the publishers, yes, inside inside the live broadcast. Uh, played for 20 seconds, and they must be two minutes apart, and it won't be a pre-roll. So when the video starts, then you, you first after the first 20 seconds, that ad can hit. And you'll be getting those commercials inside your videos. Yay! I do think this is a good thing. Um, I will uh, be clear because, I, I mean, like, Facebook is turning into essentially a cable network, right? I mean, yes, it's it where is. people are watching these things. We do Facebook Lives. Do we have one today? I know we usually do them on Mondays. Um, not today, but we're gonna, we'll are gonna do one at some point this week. Um, but, I mean, again, like, you're, we're doing, you know, sh- you do shows and you do content yeah. on here. And there has to be some way for someone other than Facebook to make money off of it. If we're going to continue to basically do... Um, free content, um, and look, we want people to enjoy it. But I mean, you know, these companies are not going to continue to give you good content, or at least try to give you good content if they Without can't get any money. Without being able to make any money out of it. So yeah. it's good that you yeah, should yeah. be able to, because it's good for Facebook and it's good for everybody else. You, you know, you'll be able to monetize uh, the content a little bit. Um, we're probably not going to make a fortune on it, but at least they can have some sort of return on doing those sorts of things. Well, Facebook is doing okay. Yeah, Facebook's so. doing great. But I mean, <laughs> you know, I think Facebook's smart though to say, look, we want good content providers to continue to come here and not try to develop or go on YouTube or some other competitor to do these things. We want it to all happen right inside this Facebook platform. And we can make it happen if we allow these people to actually make some money. So that's good. I mean, I think, generally speaking, that's a good thing. You can overdo it, and they got to watch that stuff, but uh, it's probably a good thing. So I don't know if this is fake news or uh, real news, but it's fascinating. Uh, Candace Wiggins, uh, college star at uh, Stanford, uh, female basketball player, mm-hmm. uh, went into the WNBA draft in 2008, mm-hmm. uh, became a champion in 2011, uh, retired early. Uh, retired because she uh, said that uh, there were just uh, too many lesbians and they were bullied her entire eight-year career. She was bullied for being heterosexual. She believes. In what in way was league, she bullied, does she say? There is at least ninety-eight percent lesbian in the league, and yes, she said that when she ninety-eight percent. That's what this is her. This is hers. Her line, yes. And uh, wow. she said that when she first came into the league, I don't believe that uh, they were deliberately trying to hurt me. I've never been called the B word so many times in my life as I was in my rookie season. Hmm. I'd never been thrown to the ground so much. The message was: We want you to know we don't like you. <laughs> That is uh, so. That's, so I, I don't this know, is gay news? mafia stuff. This is the gay mafia. It sure is. Yeah, um, yeah. In the WNBA, yeah. I, I mean, wow. I, look, I, I think we, it's appropriate to treat those sorts of claims with the same amount yes, of skepticism absolutely. you that's would what, have for mm-hmm. you know uh, uh, someone who was gay and saying they were being uh, bullied for that. Yes. Um, you know, you need evidence. You need. There's a standard of proof that comes up on that. It's an interesting it's phenomenon, story, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, story. I guarantee she will not get the same empathy. From the left. No, no way. Way. In fact, she'll be scorned by yep. the left. Mm-hmm. No she'll be scorned. way. I, I, the ninety-eight percent stat seems ridiculous. Ridiculous. She may have just thrown ridiculous. that out as like I don't know. It's like ninety-eight percent. I mean, it, yeah. she may have just thrown it out. Right. As a, not is it fifty? Is it fifty percent? Uh, if it was fifty percent, that would blow me away. Because that would be obviously That's a lot, an, an extreme excess of what the average yeah. population mm-hmm. uh, rep- representation is. 
So no, you know, there's stereotypical jokes about that with, with sure women's are. basketball or yeah. softball or, or whatever. But golf. I, you yeah. don't you don't believe or they're tennis. true. And right? we should we should say here, and I don't think tennis as much, but we should say here that you know, as a show, fundamentally, one of the core principles of this program is we do not bully people. Under any circumstances. Under any circumstances. Never. Thank you. Is that Thank a rule somewhere? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a hard, hard fast rule. Don't, don't, don't bully. Do not bully.